Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. So sometimes when I am out speaking, people come up to me and they say, especially women, I love that you're an actress and that you found a place to perform. My daughter's really into acting or, you know, wants to perform. And what advice do you give for her? And the thing is that um, I did acting when I was younger. I was kind of always one of those hammy kids. My two sisters and I would keep our relatives, like hold them hostage um, during holiday meals, just kind of make them sit on the couch and watch our ridiculous performances, singing, dancing, whatever acrobatics we were putting together. I was always one of those kids that was drawn to performing, to the spotlight. Um, again, I did uh, lots of dance classes, and I was involved in the school plays, you know, starting in middle school. Um, so that's always kind of been like something that I've been drawn towards. Um, but I never really found a place to do it within an organization within the observant community after I became observant. I just felt like I had a message to give, and I knew that I had this talent or at least this interest. I guess we can debate whether there's a talent or not. Um, and I just started making uh, videos on YouTube because it's a place where you can broadcast yourself. But not everybody maybe, you know, has the... Uh, ability to, you know, get the equipment together or maybe is interested in being in a video. Maybe people are more interested in live performances and being part of something more established. And um, a few years ago, I heard about an amazing organization that serves that specific need. It's a community for women who uh, are looking to, you know, use their, I think, performing arts talents. It's called ATARA, the Arts and Torah Association for Religious Artists. And today we have one of the founding board members joining us. Her name is Miriam Leia Draws, and she studied music, dance, and theater throughout high school, attended a Pennsylvania Governor's School for the Arts, and completed two years of a BFA in musical theater before becoming observant in 1997. Oh, that was the year I became observant. It wasn't until 2006 that she began to produce events in the religious community, beginning with Women's Musical in Manhattan yeah, in 2006 and the creation of Atara in 2007. Since Atara's first conference at Stern College, she has coordinated five annual weekends for women in the arts, serving a growing population of talented female artists in music, dance, theater, and film. Publishes a monthly newsletter for art events and announcements in the religious community. In 2009, she directed a woman-only feature film in Brooklyn, and in 2011 began to create a small open mic events to increase performance opportunities for women in the New York area. She has completed two original scripts and hopes to begin production of a women-only work under the banner of IL Arts. She is enrolled in the Israeli School for Jewish Education and Administration in pursuit of an EDD in school administration and hopes to continue to help increase opportunities for creative expression in the religious community. She was most recently honored by the Jewish Week as one of the 2012 36 under 36 for her work. Miriam Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. Sure, thanks. So we Firstly, became yeah, observant. Alvin, I, I didn't even realize that you have such a background. That's really great. Oh, and, so my uh, background. Yeah, you're definitely like, one of my, you know, target <laughs> type of uh, type of people. I really uh, appreciate knowing all that background about yes. you. So many like this. My I. Look, we were definitely drawn to perform as a young kid, although part of me wonders, like, there's certain people that, like, want to make art because they, you know, feel like there's an amount of self-expression, and I definitely feel that when I write, there's ideas I want to get across. When we make videos, there's, you know, also ideas I want to get across, or even 
to enjoy making people laugh. I do feel like um, with our social media generation, there's a part of it, or even our celebrity-obsessed generation, there's a part of it where we automatically assume that, like, being in the spotlight or, you know, sort of having every eyeball on you is connected to a certain amount of importance around what you're doing, even if the thing itself is not particularly full of content or purpose or – do you know what I'm saying? So, like, I although I did have that natural, um, you know, sort of being pulled in that direction, I feel like I got the message from a young age that, like, if you were a, like a movie star or a model or something, then you might matter. You might be important. And um, I remember, you know, growing up, my mother telling us all these kids, you know, that got discovered as children. Natalie Portman got discovered in this pizzeria and this kid from Hebrew school got discovered by a talent scout at his school. And I grew up with this really bizarre idea that it was only a matter of time before, like, the talent scout found me and I was in Hollywood um, and mm-hmm. kind of grew mm-hmm. uh, up from that. It never happened. Um, and so I do create, um, you know, stuff mm-hmm. because I have a need to put something out there. But I'm also kind you of... You are your own Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, own Hollywood, but, like, meaning, um, I guess, well, A... YouTube is the new Hollywood. Right. The truth is that I was just at a YouTube event and the YouTubers there that have these big followings were saying that, you know, kind of like celebrity, you know, YouTube celebrity versus regular celebrity, kind of the lines have have blended and meshed. So like, I feel like what you guys are doing is for people that like have the need to want to express themselves. But like, I think from my own, um, what what sort of drew me in as a child to want to be in the spotlight, I'm afraid that part Mm -hmm. of it was um, mixed Mm -hmm. in with some of that idea that being in the spotlight automatically makes you important. And um, I had to sort of get away from that and sort of focus myself at like, if I will put myself out there, it's only to put myself out there Hmm. for something purposeful and creative and contributing. Hmm. The example I like to give is, um, you know, Rebecca Black's video Friday. Okay. So this is a song. No, I don't, but. This is a song like, Friday, Friday, then Friday, then it's the weekend, Friday, Saturday, then comes Sunday. Like, it's a song, like, literally about nothing. She's auto-tuned. Like, this song has no content or meaning or purpose. She, like, did it for the sake of being famous. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, um, that's, like, my fear for, for the performing things. But that's the negative. Let's talk about the positive. I don't want to focus too much on the negative. Well, no, so. I mean, I actually appreciate the subject in the sense that the religious community might tend to view the performing arts in the same way, and we do get a lot of pushback that there's something potentially unkosher just about performing, and I, I guess obviously I'm the advocate for people who, for whom that's absolutely not the case. There's actually a very internal need to, to share, and it doesn't come from like wanting to be in the spotlight. It actually comes from something personal, like the person who sits at home on their couch and plays the guitar they may or may not actually ever have an audience, but they love to play the guitar, and they might be really good. And eventually, you know, one day they'll, you know, have the confidence to play in front of people, and they might be really good, and their music might actually bring joy to people and might change them and evoke emotion, you know, in their listeners. And their, their, their gift is, like, valid. It totally has nothing to do, and it's totally not motivated by just wanting to be in the spotlight and just perform. And so it's a misconception that, you know, even religious people might have of the motivations of artists and performing artists. So I actually, I'm like, you know, it, it's, it is something that I think is a, is a misconception rather than, you know, maybe it's promoted in the media um, in that regard, the way that you, you know, 
picked picked up on that, but. Um, yeah, but so it's true. I, not I all think performing there's something artists, very, you know, I heard I, I, as you're talking, I'm thinking like, are there any Torah sources of like performers? Like, is, do we have any? Have you thought about that before? Like, any place in Tanakh or in like Jewish? Um, do you know what I'm saying? Like, is there any place you've ever? Yeah, seen yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot in different categories. One is music. There's mm-hmm. the. It was like significant treat of Jewish of of Jews. To have that ha- to have musical talent, mm-hmm. um, it was actually known throughout the world. Even the Romans mm-hmm. referred to the Jews as the sweet, sweet singers, mm-hmm. um, the sweet singers of Israel, and um, because the Jews were known in their service of God, like in the in the temple, they um, that part of the service was not just you know praying and meditating and, and, and doing physical actions, they were not even qualified. The service was not even, um, you know, qualified to, 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 to be accepted unless there was music playing. And it was just known that music, you know, engages the, you know, senses in a way that, you know, an environment without music doesn't. And it was just really self-understood by the Jews in earlier times, that music was really important, um, even from a religious standpoint. And, like, there's evidence that prophets, um, the way that they achieved prophecy, the way that they engaged in prophecy was to have music playing. Hmm. Um, the way that people relieved themselves of depression was not antidepressants. They didn't have these invented drugs. The way that depression was healed, because it was certainly, like, still an issue, you know, whether it's 2016 or, like, the year 16 or whatever, you know, people yeah. still had their, their emotions. And the way that depression was relieved was through music. So it's like, for sure, um, in regard to music and dance, um, also in the Tanakh itself, in the Torah itself, um, you know, the um, someone comes at, like, music and dance are used as a way to um, share um, feelings of gratitude mm-hmm. and um, and if someone it was actually known that um, there was a king who was sort of meant to be like the most righteous king in the Jewish people, and um, but as a result of um, him having a major accomplishment and he ha- had a, like won a major war, and at the end of that um, you know accomplishment he did not sing, he was actually demoted because mm-hmm. at the end when you really like are so full of gratitude and full of um, you know, full of, um, I don't know, I guess just, you know, emotion, that the natural expression of that is to, you know, declare, like, you know, is to sing, Mm -hmm. you know, and and so um, in terms of the other arts, in terms of visual arts, um, I think um, there's there's a lot of sort of um, literature on not rendering the images of like God, God. Right. So like not to try to depict God, um, and in an in a, in a human form. So I don't even know, you know, frankly, like that doesn't preclude like trying to depict your feelings about God. You know, like probably mm-hmm. through color or through you know movement. So it's not it's not limiting, um, in, it, entirely. It's just saying like you know we try not to like put a face, like a human face, to God. Right. Um, but other than that, you know, it's, it, there's no lack of support for the arts. It's just that in the community, um, I, I believe that in the time when Amer- um, immigrants were coming to the States, 
um, the people who were interested in theater started forming the Yiddish theater, and within the Yiddish, a lot of the actors became less observant right. and, and assimilated, and as a result, the, the response from the religious community was that theater causes someone to be, become not re- observant, mm. and that if involvement in theater will lead to you know, lack of observance. And mm. it has nothing to do with Judaism. It's really just like a, you know, anthropological, like, response. Right. I would say nowadays lack of giving kids outlets to creative things mm-hmm. could lead to a non-observance, could lead them to, to yeah. leaving because they don't have enough room for expression. So it's interesting yeah, um, oh. if we're talking about there was a, you know, misconception or an association with the dangers of theater, um, I can tell you from the immigrant population, my friend Maya Bialik has talked about and written about how her mother was raised Orthodox and was an artist, and she was taught that um, drawing anything was usser, that there was somehow a prohibition on any sort of you know image to be drawn. So that was one of the things that actually led her away from observance was feeling like right. art was shunned. But as you're talking about the, you know, songs of gratitude, I'm thinking the Torah is a song, right? Like Torah yeah, has, yeah, yeah, exactly. is its own music. And, and that we have also from the Torah in terms of visual arts, we have Betzalel, who's, right, so building. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, for for sure, like endorsement for, I didn't even mention that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the whole religious approach, like, that there's, there is a concept in on Perkei Avot, that you're supposed to be deliberate in judgment, and and this is like an example where if you just come and say that everything is wrong, then people start to think, well, I don't understand, like, why is, you know, parts, you know, maybe part K is wrong, but like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, you know, are fine. Right. And yeah. But because, you know, there's there are problems, like, listen, you know, the arts are extremely powerful. If you go to see Sweeney Todd, you will be walking out of that theater singing and dancing about murder. And right. if you, and Kava Homer, you know, um, Spring Awakening, God forbid, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're like singing and dancing and you're totally enjoying it. And the content is just completely, you know, inappropriate for, com- or for enabling us to become better people. Right. And so, but the medium itself is very powerful. So if mm-hmm. you're using that tool, if you have a car and you go out and you drive recklessly, then there will, it is a danger. But right. just driving is going to get you from point A to point B. And if you don't have that ability and you right. don't, and you say, oh, it's so dangerous, therefore I'm not going to drive at all, like, you know, or everything has that ability, you know, using the computer, right. using a pen, you know, you can really use a pen and write very bad things. But if you can use a pen as a tool to, right. you know, inspire people and, you know, make them, you know, think more deeply and become more sensitive and, you know, whatever it else it is, it, the arts are extremely powerful mediums of communication. And so it's just, it's just misunderstood to say that, yes, just because there's a danger doesn't mean that. And, and yeah, like the whole issue with, you know, kids not having outlets for creativity is a, is a major problem. I don't know if you were following the Hevria like argument there's this like group of creative Jews and you know the organizer wants um wants to like tease out honest answers and um from from people and he just wants you know people to really like you know bear their soul and like think deeply about spirituality and creativity and and some of the people are writing about negative experiences and it's like I don't I don't quite understand what would be expected if if you 
offered school without math class. Not everybody is good at math, but the kids that are good at math are going to be like, that's not fair. And so in the same way, like if you offer a system where there's no validation for creative thinking, you know, or divergent thinking, and you have people that are really good at divergent thinking, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get a negative experience, you know, it's, it's not going to be a positive one. So I heard that um, in terms of like sort of rabbinic backing or approval for creativity, there's a rough cook quote that I heard. I feel like hmm. someone found it for me when I posted it on Facebook. Have you heard it before? Something about when we create, we become partners with Hashem in the creation that Hashem left the world unfinished so that we hmm. could partner with him to finish it off. Hmm. You ever heard something like that before? Or? I mean, that's actually a really good one. I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of quotes, like, from, like, Rabbi Nachman and, like, you know, like, like, Shlomo Karabach and Rav Cook, and, like, I would love to, like, compile them just for some purpose of inspiration. But that's a really good one, and that's actually the... Um, not using Rav Cook, although that's what I'm saying, like, that maybe I should actually quote Rav Cook. But I called the weekend this year Partners in Creation, and it's mainly because I want to push the community forward to say, like, it's not just about having outlets. You know, it's not, it's not just about saying, oh, you play the violin? Like, here, let's, let's, you know, make a show so that you can play the violin. You know, it's not just about developing your skill and having a kosher outlet, although that is, like, the basic minimum, and that was sort of, like, a problem seven years ago. There was not even really the basic minimum. Mm-hmm. And, but now everybody and their extended family wants to start a pop-up school for the arts right now. You yeah. know, it's, like, super trending. Mm-hmm. And that's cool, and that's awesome, and we've come a really long way. But there's definitely a lack of material that's, you know, that's original. It's people don't know where to go for material now, and they're not necessarily taking the time that they that that is deserved to actually create new material, like to create. You know, there's they're, like they still, in a certain way, have given it up. You know, like they Wait, say, I'm, you know, I'm a material. What do you person, mean? There's not enough material. Time. What are we? Ta- what, what type of material are we talking about? Like, like so. Let's say now everybody, you know, wants to sing, right? But there's not like if you're going to go and sing and you're going to go and sing Broadway, you know, that's that's fine. At least you're singing, and at least you're singing for women only. But if you're going to come and you know, like the the material for Broadway is, I think, a hundred percent. It's vetted. It's it's tremendously great. The majority of it is great, but it's certainly not, you know, it's certainly not, like, it's certainly not Torah, per se. You know, it's, it's, it's neutral, and it's not, you know, let's say 25% of it is actually bad, but, like, you know, most yeah. of the majority of it is, you know, is pretty decent. But, so I'm not, not knocking it. It's just, um, it's just that, you know, if someone wants to use the arts to actually really say, like, get, you know, really promote their own, like, you know, values and visions and stories, then that material just, you know, we're not trained. Like the Jewish community, like let's say in the last five to seven years, has just started appreciating the arts. And so the arts have been appreciated by the general society for... I think you want to say the Orthodox Jewish community because I think the secular... The Orthodox Jewish Exactly. So the Orthodox Jewish community. So you have like novices... Um, To play devil's advocate, um, if the song is kosher... And you were blessed with this beautiful instrument, 
why can't you yeah, just yeah, yeah. that? And, and no, no, halakhically, that's what I'm saying. Halakhically, there's even, like, you know, throughout history, like, even in the medieval times, like, halakhically, there are actually um, laws that permit the performance of secular music. So it just depends on, like, the secular music. Like, if it's actually, like I said, if it's at 25%, that's really bad, then no, it's not permitted right. at all. But if it's right. neutral, then it's acceptable. But it's... Like, let's say you have, you know, the, the ideal is to say we want to use these tools to, you know, to also, like, m- you know, make a better difference in the world, let's say. You know, who, who, when someone sits and, you know, spends hours and hours that it's going to take to write and compose and, you know, and, and promote their work, like, you know, it has the potential to have a really good message or a stupid message. And as you were talking about the Friday situation, is that if you're going to spend all that time, you know, really putting, practicing and putting your effort into something in the content, you know, presumably we want it to be, be- like, better than just neutral. Um, and so people like, I, I are like really this, so, just so I would say Friday, of, like, I would say it's not like Friday's like bubblegum. It's like, you know, kind of fun to bop to, but there's actually nothing there. But then let's say something like The Sound of Silence or like, you know, a secular Right, 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 for sure. Like, um, what's his has, name who does, um, right, You Raise Me Up. His exactly. Songs are, like, so, I, so I would say like this, like sometimes one of my, I guess, criticisms of like sort of from content is that sometimes I feel like maybe it's not as so great. Yeah. Like it's not such amazing words right, or... but that's you know. my point, is that they, like, let's say someone who's religious has only been in an industry that is five years old. Like, they have been creating material, for, like, meaning compared to the general population that has been in business for centuries, and so when you are composing, you don't just get in to a school, a, a music school. You have to audition, and they right. only take the best. And then right. from the best, only one of those students actually gets, you know, launches a career. So by the time you get to be a Tony Award-winning composer, right. you're really, really good. And right. you have these from girls who are like, you know, or even even guys, but like there's no training for how to compose right. music right. within the Orthodox system. So that's just, they're just coming from like, maybe they have raw talent, maybe they don't, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's not enough of developed a like, so that's why I want to say, like, you know, we have to start somewhere. I'm not yeah. saying that the music is going to be good, but, like, maybe in 20 years it'll be better than it is today. But if, you don't, if, we don't, if we don't see the future, if we don't say, like, if we don't commit to having a goal, then we're not going to move forward from where we are. And it's, you know, I feel like there's so much potential. Like, if you, if you, if you, if you silence people, you don't even know how much you're losing. And if you give people the opportunity to develop what's really, you know, inside themselves, even they don't know what's inside themselves. Right. And, and you don't know, like, 10 years later, what can come out of someone if they're given resources and tools and support to be who they have the potential to be. And, you know, so I feel like that's really where I see the, like, creativity in terms of, like, you know, you're taking people that have never been given, like, permission to be creative and saying, like, you know, you take, take small steps at first, but mm-hmm. don't but don't sit at home, you know? Don't, like... So t- you, let, you guys have an upcoming an event that we wanted to talk about today? Yeah, 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 that's uh, <laughs> in, like, a week and a half. Um, so it's, um, it's, like, a, it's a weekend, and so there's different pieces, um, like, that can be attended separately um, if people like or don't like what's on the schedule. 
or it could be like attended as a whole weekend. Um, but Thursday night is classical music and opera. Okay, and tell us tell us dates so, and tell us location. Okay, so um, okay, so Thursday, January twenty first. Okay. Um, is um, classical music and opera. And where is this There's taking place? Surprising number of opera singers. Um, oh. It's at the Opera Center. It's called the Opera, the National Opera America Center. Um, is this so New the York? Acoustics will be appropriate for opera. Wait, is, is, um, is this happening yeah, in New York? Seventh Avenue. Okay. Yeah, it's in it's in Manhattan, Seventh okay. Avenue, three thirty Seventh Avenue at Twenty Ninth okay. Street. Okay. So Thursday and, night is opera, um, and then what comes after that? Then um, Friday during the day is a guided tour of the art exhibit at the Jewish Museum called Unorthodox. Okay. And it's, it's reclaiming the term from Deborah Feldman. It's not meaning anti-Orthodox. It's just meaning atypical. And Got so it. it's, I'm using the exhibit to provoke the, um, to stimulate conversation about what it's like to be both Orthodox and Unorthodox at the same time in terms of the struggles of someone who is creative but wants to live a religious life, but, you know, might, there might be challenges unique to that, um, to that person. Um, and then sh- that's, that's at the Jewish Museum at okay. um, 11 o'clock in the morning on Friday. That's 1109 5th Avenue at 92nd Street. Okay. Um, and then Shabbat, Shabbos, is um, is in a community in New Jersey is in Passaic, okay. and we're going to be learning methods to like in, like tips and tricks on harmonizing, and then creating harmonies to you know some standard songs and then performing, um, and just things that we can do on Travis, and then also things um, talking about art and spirituality, the overlap between art and spirituality, and um, and I guess just some other things, but um, that's the Shabbat, um, so that really requires pre-registration because of food and things like that. Um, and then Moti Shabbat, Saturday night, January 23rd, is, um, is, all, is people who write their own music. So mm-hmm. are, you know, girls or women who really do take to the guitar or, you know, have musical ability composing on the piano or um, created their own backtracks. So um, we have maybe 15 to 15 or more, like, women who are performing their own material. And that is in Passaic, New Jersey, where um, the location where we were for Shabbat. And that is at 8 o'clock on 181 Van Houten Avenue. So it's, like, right, you just take the jitney or the um, bus to Passaic, and, like, it's about a block from the bus stop. So it's How not about this? Can you, can totally... you tell us, is there a place, a website that people can go who are listening, who can just sign up for part yeah. of it or all of it? Yeah. Yeah, so um, so so the website is um, artsandtorah.org, A-R-T-S-A-N-D-T-O-R-A-H.org. But okay. the specific um, page is then like slash, you know, the, the, the conference um, okay. URL. So like if you like go to that site and just go to like the top tab and then pull down like conference 2016, um, that's where, like, the sort of schedule and the performer bios and things like that. Um, and then, so that's, like, so, so the main, but then the main, the main attraction is really Sunday. I mean, like, each, each of those things, like the classical music, the Friday thing, the, the Mozi Shabbos are, are all, like, featuring the talents. Okay. But then, can I, t- can I, do yeah, I have, just, like, a minute? Yeah, we're just, about 30 seconds really left, so. Okay, so Sunday is the, is the main attraction, which is, 
um, workshops and master classes during the day from 11 to 4, vocal technique, dance, acting, um, script writing, things like that, and then panel discussions from 4 to 6 about humility and the ego in the performing arts, just what we were talking about, and also nurturing creativity for yourselves and your children, exactly what we were talking about also. And then at 6.15 is a performance of theater, original theater and, and dance, choreography. And then at 8 o'clock is, this, is the, like, signature event, which we're calling New Fruits, um, which is devising and learning methods to how to, like, actually create your own material and, you know, pr- processes and things like that that you could think of for getting people to think about creating their own stuff. So Mary just as we close up now, tell us who this is for women only and what ages. Um, so, okay, so women, um, so, so men are invited to the Friday, um, situation at the museum, okay. and also on Monday morning for grant, grant seeking for artists is also offered that men are invited to for people who are actually interested in that, mm-hmm. um, and then the rest of the, the performances are for women only, okay. and then Shabbat, like if what, what age, I'm saying, can a teenager come? Oh, any age, yeah, okay. no, I mean, like, I probably, like, an eight-year-old daughter would probably be the youngest, that someone who can appreciate the arts, like someone who's okay. a daughter who's like very interested in music and talented, like I would recommend to come. But okay. I am, for Shabbat, for example, if an artist really wants to be there and has to bring her family in order to be there, That's so okay. I've made accommodations for families as well. Excellent. Okay, um, we're, we're actually out of time, but check out artsandtorah.org and look under the conference tab to get more information. All right, and um, thank you for listening, and you can find us here same time, same place next week.